Salutations. I am Kenneth Barrios, leadership coach and owner of Key Bravo Leadership Development with the mission of unleashing your talents and maximizing your impact without compromising your time. Welcome to our 16 Laws of Success series, where I read about 20 to 30 minutes of this great tome for your audio pleasure. This book is the foundation of which all other personal and professional development is based, written by Napoleon Hill in 1928. I am now using this public domain book as a foundation to success, and I want to bring you along for the journey. So please enjoy, and your feedback is always welcome. With gratitude, thank you. The human body is a complex organization of organs, glands, blood vessels, nerves, brain cells, muscles, etc. The mind energy which stimulates to action and coordinates the effort of the component parts of the body is also a priority of varying and changing energies. From birth until death, there is continuous struggle, often assuming the nature of open combat between the forces of the mind. For example, the lifelong struggle between the motivating forces and desires of the human mind, which takes place between the impulses of right and wrong, is well known to everyone. Every human being possesses at least two distinct mind powers or personalities, and as many as six distinct personalities have been discovered in one person. One of man's most delicate tasks is that of harmonizing these mind forces so that they may be organized and directed towards the orderly attainment of a given objective. Without this element of harmony, no individual can become an accurate thinker. It is no wonder that leaders in business and industrial enterprises, as well as those in politics and other fields of endeavor, find it so difficult to organize groups of people so they will function in an attainment of a given objective without friction. Each individual human being possesses forces within himself which are hard to harmonize, even when he is placed in the environment most favorable to harmony. If the chemistry of the individual's mind is such that the units of his mind cannot easily harmonize, think how much more difficult it must be to harmonize a group of minds so they will function as one in an orderly manner through what is known as a, quote, mastermind. The leader who successfully develops and directs the energies of a, quote, mastermind must possess tact, patience, persistence, self-confidence, intimate knowledge of mind chemistry and the ability to adapt himself, parentheses, in a state of perfect poise and harmony, and parentheses, to quickly changing circumstances, without showing the least sign of annoyance. How many are there who can measure up to this requirement? The successful leader must possess the ability to change the color of his mind, chameleon-like, to fit every circumstance that arises in connection with the objective of his leadership. Moreover, he must possess the ability to change from one mood to another without showing the slightest signs of anger or lack of self-control. The successful leader must understand the 15 laws of success and be able to put into practice any combination of these 15 laws whenever occasion demands. Without this ability, no leader can be powerful. Without power, no leader can long endure. The Meaning of Education There has long been a general misconception of the meaning of the word, quote, educate. The dictionaries have not aided in an elimination of this misunderstanding because they had defined the word, quote, educate as an act of imparting knowledge. The word educate has its roots in the Latin word etico, which means to develop from within, to induce, to educe, to draw out, to grow through the law of use. 
Nature hates idleness in all its forms. She gives continuous life only to those elements which are in use. Tie up an arm or any other portion of the body, taking it out of use, and the idle part will soon atrophy and become lifeless. Reverse the order, give an arm more than normal use, such as that engaged in by a blacksmith who welds a heavy hammer all day long, and that arm, parentheses, developed from within, parentheses, grows strong. Power grows out of organized knowledge, but, mind you, it, quote, grows out of it, end quote, through application and use. A man may become a walking encyclopedia of knowledge without possessing any power of value. This knowledge becomes power only to the extent that it is organized, classified, and put into action. Some of the best educated men in the world has known, possessed much less general knowledge than some of who had been known as fools. The difference between the two being that the former put that what knowledge they possessed into use, while the latter made no such application. And, quote, educated person is one who knows how to acquire everything he needs in the attainment of his main purpose in life without violating the rights of others. It might be a surprise to many so-called men of, quote, learning to know that they come nowhere near qualification as men of, quote, education. It might also be a great surprise to many who believe they suffer from lack of, quote, learning to know that they are well, quote, educated. The successful lawyer is not necessarily the one who memorizes the greatest number of principles of law. On the, con on the contrary, the successful lawyer is the one who knows where to find a principle of law, plus a variety of opinions supporting that principle which fit the immediate needs of a given case. In other words, the successful lawyer is he who knows where to find the law he wants when he needs it. This principle applies with equal force to the affairs of industry and business. Henry Ford had but little elementary schooling, yet he is one of the best, quote, educated men in the world because he has acquired the ability to so to combine natural and economic laws. To say nothing of the minds of men that... He has the power to get anything of material nature he wants. Some years ago, during the World War, Mr. Ford brought suit against the Chicago Tribune, charging that the newspaper with libelous publication of statements concerning him, one which was the statement that Ford was an ignoramus, quoted, an ignorant pacifist, etc., when the suit came up for trial, the attorneys for the Tribune undertook to prove by Ford himself that our statement was true, that he was ignorant. And with this object in the view, they chastised and cross-examined him in all manner of subjects. One question they asked was, quote, How many soldiers did the British send over to the subdue the rebellion in the colonies in 1776? End quote. With a dry grin on his face, Ford nonchalantly replied, quote, I do not know just how many, I, but I have heard that it was a lot more than ever went back. End quote. Loud laughter from the court, jury, courtroom spectators, and even the frustrated lawyer who asked him the question. This line of interrogation was continued for an hour or more, Ford keeping perfectly calm the meanwhile. Finally, however, he had permitted the quote, smart aleck, end quote, lawyers to play with him until he was tired of it, and replied to a question which was particularly obnoxious and insulting. 
Ford straightened himself up, pointed his finger at a questioning lawyer, and replied, quote, If I should re really wish to answer the foolish question you have just asked, or any of the others you have been asking, let me remind you that I have a row of electric push buttons hanging over my desk, and by placing my finger on the right button, I could call in men who could give me the correct answer to all the questions you have asked, and to many that you have not the intelligence either to ask or answer. Now, will you kindly tell me why I should bother about filling my mind with a lot of useless details in order to answer every full question that anyone may ask, when I have able men all about me who can supply me with all the facts I want when I call for them? Question mark. End quote. This answer is quoted from memory, but it substantially relates Ford's answer. There was a silence in the courtroom. The questioning attorney's underjaw dropped down. His eyes opened widely. The judge leaned forward from the bench and gazed in Mr. Ford's direction. Manny Jury awoke and looked around as if they had heard an explosion. Parentheses, which they actually had. Parentheses. A prominent clergyman who was present in the courtroom at the same time later that the scene reminded him of what which must have existed when Jesus Christ was on trial before Pontius Pilate. Just after he had given his famous reply to Pilate's question, quote, what is the truth, quote. In the vernacular of the day, Ford's reply knocked the questioner cold. Up to the time of that reply, the lawyer had been enjoying considerable fun at what he believed to be Ford's expense, but adroitly displaying his, parentheses, this lawyer's, parentheses, sample case of general knowledge and comparing it with what he inferred to be Ford's ignorance as to many events and subjects. But the answer spoiled the lawyer's fun. It also provided once more, parentheses, to all who had the intelligence to accept the proof, parentheses, that true education means mind development not merely the gathering of classifying of knowledge. Ford could not, in all probability, have named the capitals of the states of the United States, but he could have, in fact, had gathered the, quote, capital, quote, with which to, quote, turn many wheels, quote, within every state in the Union. Education, let us not forget this, consists of the power with which it to, con to get everything one needs when he needs it without violating the rights of his fellow men. Ford comes well within that division, definition, and for the reason which the author has here tried to make plain by relating the foregoing incident connected with the simple Ford philosophy. Break, break. I would like to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thank you for your time. Let's get back to the reading. There are many men of, quote, learning who could easily entangle Ford theoretically with a maze of questions, none of which he personally could answer. But Ford could turn right around and wage a battle in industry or finance that would exterminate those same men with all of their knowledge and all of their wisdom. Ford could not go into his chemical laboratory and separate water into its component atoms of hydrogen and oxygen and then recombine these atoms in their former order. But he knows how to surround himself with chemists who can do this for him if he wants it done. The man who can intelligently use the knowledge possessed by another is as much or more a man of education as the person who merely has the knowledge but does not know what to do with it. 
The president of a well-known college inherited a large tract of very poor land. This land had no timber or commercial value, no minerals or other valuable appurtenances. Therefore, it was nothing but a source of expense to him, for he had to pay taxes on it. The state built a highway through the land, and, quote, uneducated, quote, man who was driving his automobile over the road observed that the poor land was on top of a mountain, which commanded a wonderful view for many miles in all directions. He, parentheses, the ignorant one, parentheses, also observed that the land was covered with a growth of small pines and other saplings. He bought 50 acres of land for $10 an acre. Near the public highway, he built a large log house to which he attached a large dining room. Near the house, he put in a gasoline filling station. He built a dozen single-room log houses along the road, which he rented out to tourists at $3 a night each. The dining room, gasoline filling station, and log houses brought him a net income of $15,000 for the first year. The next year, he extended his plan by adding 50 more log houses of three rooms each, which he now rents out as summer country homes to people in nearby a city at a rental of $150 each for the season. The building material cost him nothing, for it grew on his land in abundance, that same land which the college president believed to be worthless. Moreover, the unique and unusual appearance of the log bungalows served as an advertisement of the plan, whereas many would have considered it a real calamity had they been compelled to build out of such crude materials. Less than five miles from the location of these log houses, the same man purchased an old workout farm of 150 acres for $25 an acre, a price which the seller believed to be extremely high. By building a dam 100 feet in length, the purchaser of this old farm turned a stream of water into a lake that covered 15 acres of the land, stocked the lake with fish, then sold the farm off in building lots to people who wanted summering places around the lake. The total profit realized from the simple transaction was more than $25,000, and the time required for its consummation was one summer. Yet this man of vision and imagination was not, quote, educated, quote, in the orthodox meaning of that term. Let us keep in mind the fact that it is through these simple illustrations of the use of organized knowledge that one may become educated and powerful. And speaking of transaction here related, the college president who sold the 50 acres of worthless land for $500 said, quote, Just think of it. That man who most of us might call ignorant mixed his ignorance with 50 acres of worthless land and made the combination yield more yearly than I earn from five years of application of so-called education. Exclamation mark. End quote. There is an opportunity of not scores of them in the, every state in America to make use of the idea where described. From now on, make it your business to study the layout of all land you see that is similar to that described in this lesson. You may find a suitable place for developing a similar money-making enterprise. The idea is particularly adaptable in localities where bathing beaches are few, as people naturally like such conveniences. The automobile has caused a great system of public highways to be built throughout the United States. On practically every one of these highways, there is a suitable spot for a, quote, cabin city, quote, for tourists, which can be turned into a regular money-making mint by the man with the imagination and self-confidence to do it.
There are opportunities to make money all around you. This course was, was designed to help you, quote, see these opportunities and to inform you how to make the most of them after you discover them. Summary of an introductory lesson. The purpose of this summary is to aid the student in mastering the central idea around the lesson has been developed. This idea is represented by the term, quote, mastermind, quote, which has been described in great detail throughout this lesson. All new ideas, especially those of an abstract nature, find lodgment in the human mind only after much repetition. A well-known truth which accounts for the restatement in this summary of the principle known as the, quote, mastermind. A, quote, mastermind has been developed by a friendly alliance and a spirit of harmony of purpose between two or more minds. This is an appropriate place at which to explain that out of every alliance of minds, whether in a spirit of harmony or not, there is developed another mind which affects all participating in the alliance. No two or more minds ever meet without creating, out of the contact, another mind, which not always is the invisible creation of a, quote, mastermind. There may be, and altogether too often there is, developed out of the meeting of two or more minds, a negative power, which is just the opposite to a, quote, mastermind. There have been certain minds which as has already been stated throughout this lesson, cannot be made to blend in the spirit of harmony. This principle has its comparable analogy in chemistry, reference to which may enable the student to grasp more clearly the principle here referred to. For example, the chemical formula H2O, meaning the combination of two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen, changes these two elements into water. One atom of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen will not produce water. Moreover, they cannot be made to associate themselves in harmony. There are many known elements which, when combined, are immediately transformed from harmless into deadly poisonous substances. Stated differently, many well-known poisonous elements are neutralized and rendered harmless when combined with certain other elements. Just as the combining of certain elements changes their entire nature, the combining of certain minds changes the nature of those minds, producing either a certain degree of what we have been called a mastermind, or its opposite, which is highly destructive. Any man who has found his mother-in-law to be incompatible has experienced the negative application of the principle known as a, quote, mastermind. For some reason yet unknown to investigators in the field of mind behavior, the majority of mothers-in-laws appears to affect their daughters' husbands in a highly negative manner, the meeting of their minds with those of their son-in-law, creating a highly antagonistic influence instead of a, quote, mastermind. This fact is too well known as a truth to make extended comment necessary. Some minds will not harmonize and cannot be blended into a, quote, mastermind, a fact which all leaders of men will do well to remember. It is the leader's responsibility so to group his men that those who have been placed in the most strategic points in his organization will be made up of individuals whose minds can and will be blended in a spirit of friendliness and harmony. Ability so to group men in, is the chief outstanding quality of leadership. In lesson two of this course, the student will discover that his ability was the main source of both the power and fortune accumulated by the late Andrew Carnegie. Knowing nothing whatsoever of the technical of the steel business, Carnegie so combined a group of men of which his, quote, mastermind was composed that he built the most successful steel industry known to the world during his lifetime. 
Henry Ford's gigantic success may be traced to the successful application of this self-same principle. With all the self-reliance a man could have, Ford nevertheless did not depend upon himself for the knowledge necessary and successful development of his industries. Like Carnegie, he surrounded himself with men who supplied the knowledge which he, himself, did not and could not possess. Moreover, Ford picked men who could and did harmonize in a group effort. The most effective alliances, which have resulted in the creation of the principle known as the, quote, mastermind, have been those developed out of the blending of the minds of men and women. The reason for this is the fact that the minds of the male and female will more rarely blend in harmony than will the minds of males. Also, added stimulus of sexual contact often enters into the development of the, quote, mastermind between a man and a woman. It is well known fact that the male of the species is keener and more alert for the, quote, the chase, let the goal or object of the chase be what it may when inspired and urged on by a female. This human trait begins to manifest itself in the male at the age of puberty and continues throughout his life. The first evidence of it may be observed in athletics, where boys are playing before an audience made up of females. Remove the woman from the audience, and the game known as football would soon become a very tame affair. A boy will throw himself into a football game with almost superhuman effort when he knows that the girl of his choice is observing him from the grandstand. And that same boy will throw himself into a game of accumulating money with the same enthusiasm when inspired and urged on by the woman of his choice, especially if that woman knows how to stimulate his mind with her own through the law of the, quote, mastermind. On the other hand, the same woman may, through a negative application of the law of the, quote, mastermind, Nagging, jealousy, selflessness, greed, vanity, dragged this man down to sure defeat. The late Albert Hubbard understood the principle here described so well that when he discovered that the incompatibility between himself and his first wife was dragging him down to sure defeat, he ran the gamut of public opinion by divorcing her and marrying the woman who is said to have been the main source of his inspiration. Not every man would have had the courage to defy public opinion, as Hubbard did, but who is wise enough to say that his action was not for the best interests of all concerned. A man's chief business in life is to succeed. The most success may be, generally is, obstructed by many influences which must be removed before the goal can be reached. One of the most detrimental of these obstacles is that of the unfortunate alliance with minds which do not harmonize. In such cases, the alliance must be broken or, or the end is sure to be defeat and failure. The man who has mastered the six basic fears of which is the fear of criticism will have no hesitancy in taking what may seem to be a more conventional bound type of mind to be drastic action when he finds himself circumscribed and bound down by antagonistic alliances, no matter what the nature of or with whom they may be. It is a million times better to meet and face criticism than to be dragged down to failure and oblivion on account of alliances which are not harmonious, whether the alliances be of business or social nature. To be perfectly frank, the author is here justifying divorce, when the conditions surrounding marriage are such that harmony cannot prevail. This is not intended to convey the belief that lack of harmony may not be removed through other methods than that of divorce, for there are instances where the cause of antagonism may be removed and harmony established without taking the extreme step of divorce. 
While it is true that some minds would not blend in a spirit of harmony and cannot be forced or induced to do so because of the chemical nature of the individual's brains, do not be too ready to charge the other party to your alliance without all the responsibility of lack of harmony. Remember, the trouble may be with your own brain. Remember also that a mind which cannot and will not harmonize with one person or persons may harmonize perfectly with other types of minds. Discovery of this truth has resulted in radical changes in methods of employing men. It is no longer customary to discharge a man because he does not fit into the position for which he was originally hired. The discriminating leader endeavors to place such a man in some other position where it has been proved more than once misfits may become valuable men. The student of this course should be sure that the principle described as the mastermind is thoroughly understood before proceeding with the remaining lessons of this course. The reason for this is the fact that practically the entire course is closely associated with the law of mind operation. If you are not sure that you understand this law, communicate with the author of this course and secure further explanation by asking such questions as you may wish concerning points in connection with which you believe you need further information. You cannot spend too much time in serious thought and contemplation in connection with the law of the mastermind for the reason that when you have mastered this law and have learned how to apply a new worlds of opportunity will open to you. This introductory lesson, while not really intended to as a separate lesson of the law of success course, contains sufficient data to enable the student who has an aptitude for selling to become a master salesman. Any sales organization may make effective use of the law of the mastermind by grouping the salesmen in groups of two or more people who will ally themselves in a spirit of friendly cooperation and apply this law as suggested in this lesson. An agent for a well-known make of an automobile who employs 12 salesmen has grouped the organization to six groups, two men each, with the object of applying the law of the mastermind with the result that all salesmen have established new high sales records. This same organization has created what it calls a, quote, once a week club, quote, meaning that each man belonging to the club has averaged the sale of one car a week since the club was organized. The results of this effort have been surprising to all. Each man belonging to the club was provided with a list of 100 prospective purchasers of automobiles. Each salesman sends one postcard a week to each of the, his 100 prospective purchasers and makes personal calls at least 10 of these each day. Each postcard is confined to the description of but one advantage of the automobile the salesman is selling and asks for a personal interview. Interviews have increased rapidly, as have also sales. The agent who employs these salesmen has offered an extra cash bonus to each salesman who earns the right to membership in a, quote, one-a-week club, quote, by averaging one car a week. The plan has injected new vitality into the entire organization. Moreover, the results of the plan are showing in the weekly sales record of each salesman. A similar plan could be adopted very effectively by life insurance agencies. Any enterprising general agent might easily double or even triple the volume of his business with the same number of salesmen through the use of this plan. Practically no changes whatsoever would need to be made in the method of use of this plan. The club might be called the, quote, policy a week club, quote, meaning that each member pledged himself to sell at least one policy of agreed minimum amount each week. The student of this course who has mastered the second lesson and understands how to apply the fundamentals of that lesson, a definite chief aim, will be able to make much more effective use of the plan here described.
It is not suggested or intended that any student shall undertake to apply the principles of this lesson, which is merely an introductory lesson, until he has mastered at least the next five lessons of the Law of Success course. The main purpose of the introductory lesson is to state some of the principles upon which the course is founded. These principles are more accurately described, and the student is taught in a very definite manner how to apply them in the individual lessons of the course. The automobile sales organization referred to in this summary meets at luncheon once a week. One hour and a half is devoted to a luncheon and to discuss the ways and means of applying the principles of this course. This gives each man an opportunity to profit by the ideas of all the other members of the organization. Two tables are set out for the luncheon. At one table, all who have earned the right to the membership in the one-a-week club are seated. At the other table, which is serviced with tinware instead of china, all who did not earn the right to the membership in the club are seated. This, needless to say, become the object of considerable good-natured chiding from the more fortunate members seated at the other table. It is possible to make an almost endless variety of adaptations to this plan, both in the field of automobile salesmanship and in other fields of selling. The justification for its use is that it pays. It pays not only the leader or the manager of the organization, but every member of the sales force as well. This plan has been briefly described for the purpose of showing the student of the course how to make practical application of the principles outlined in this course. The final asset test of any theory or rule or principle is that it will actually work. The law of the quote mastermind has been proved sound because it works. If you understand this law, you will now readily to proceed with lesson two, in which you will be further and much more deeply initiated in the application of the principles described in this introductory lesson. Thank you for your time today. I hope you learned as much as I did in this reading. If you ever desire to connect with me, you can email me at kb at keybravo.com. That is kb at keybravo.com. Have a wonderful day and may you be blessed with all the success you endeavor.